I pride myself that I can wear, you know, a dress and heels at a cocktail event. And 30 minutes later, I can be schlepping cardboard boxes around the concourse because maybe our fan giveaway didn't show up on time. And I'm having to, you know, do, I love that I can be both people, right? You have to be a chameleon. You have to be willing to still do the dirty work even after. You are listening to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we highlight the sport management program at the University of Indianapolis located in the amateur sports capital of the world. This content will help listeners better understand both our graduate and undergraduate courses through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors. These conversations provide an insight that you can't get from visiting a website or touring a campus. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UND Sport MGT to learn more. So today we are joined by Sarah Baird, who is the Director of Partnership Activation with Pacer Sport and Entertainment. She is also a co-instructor for the graduate courses here at UND in the Sport Management Master's Program. So I would like to welcome her first and foremost and have her start out by telling us a little bit about her education background and also what her current role entails with the Pacers organization. Sure, thanks for having me. Um, Like you mentioned, I'm director of partnership activation for Pacers Sports and Entertainment. Basically, my role is to be the go-between between sponsorship sales and sponsorship activation. So, We have a group of folks who are out selling partnerships and sponsorships for the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Fever, Pacers Gaming, Fort Wayne Mad Ants, which are all four of our franchises. And once those get sold into partnerships, my group on the activation side comes in and makes all the magic happen. So they are fulfilling the contractual obligations of all of those partnerships and also ensuring that we're doing even more than what a contract requires. So I like to say that my team, they are the Jacks and Jills of all trades. So if they need to plan an event, they can do it. If they need to plan a player appearance, they can do it. If they need to get signage put up inside Bankers Life Fieldhouse, they can do it. Um, If they need to create a digital web ad or some social media graphics. They know how to do Photoshop too. So they're sort of a one-stop shop for uh, sports sports sponsorship and sports marketing for all of the partners of all of those teams. And you mentioned the the Pacer Gaming. That's something that I encourage people to check out because I myself and I don't think our classmates are really aware of like that aspect of it until we kind of did a couple of those class projects around it. Pacers um, Gaming is really cool. It's um, it's a fairly new uh, franchise. The NBA started it just a couple of years ago. It's basically, you know, professional gamers playing N- NBA 2K. It's a really unique experience to watch. You can stream and watch on Twitch as well as YouTube. Uh, you can follow Pacers Gaming on all the social media channels. But if you are a gamer, I highly encourage you to check it out. It is a a unique and really cool way to be a part of a really cutting edge sports franchise. The NBA was the first 
professional sports league to start its own gaming league. So definitely we're on the forefront of some things. So I'm curious, what made you decide to like become part of the program as a co-instructor role? Sure, so my path to University of Indianapolis might be a little bit different than some people. Um, while I didn't attend U of Indy um, or UND, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for it. So one of my very first accounts on the sponsorship side of things was actually with UND. UND used to be a sponsor of the Pacers back years ago. And I would work with somebody in the marketing department at UND and we worked really well together. I would come down to meetings on campus and I just was so impressed with the campus. And through that, I got to know uh, Dr. Van Sickle and Dr. Van Sickle and I have kept in touch throughout the years. We try and get lunches every few months, um, definitely invite her in to see lots of games and events unfold so that she can take that practical experience back into the classroom. And she would ask me to speak in her classes and speaking in classes has always been something that I've tried to always do because I still remember to this day sitting in a classroom at IU back so many years ago and I remember leadership from the Colts and leadership from the Pacers coming into my classroom and it's still one of my favorite days of my education and so I've tried to always say yes when asked to go and speak at classes. So Dr. Vansicle, I was so appreciative that she would always want me to do this. And one day she reached out and she's like, I've got kind of a wild idea. You're always really great when you speak in class, but I always feel like you have more content than just the hour time allotment. Is teaching ever something you would ever want to do? I wrote back and I was like, absolutely, because between my internship with the Pacers and getting my job with the Pacers, I actually thought about going back to school and becoming a high school business teacher. So I did a lot of substitute teaching. I'm also the child of educators. My mom was a middle school administrator and my dad was a high school teacher. So for me, education is just in my blood. Being a teacher is in my blood. And as now a boss, I try and be a teacher versus a boss. That's sort of my methodology. So she pitched the idea to me. I loved it. And sort of the rest is history. I've been doing this now. This is my second semester doing it um, with Dr. Dyson, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's a little different this semester, obviously, um, because, you know, we're wearing masks and it's hard to really get to see the students. But um, I, I really have enjoyed it. And it's something that, you know, I always look forward to on Wednesday evenings to drive down to campus and there's just something about being on a college campus. There's a buzz to it. There's youthfulness. Um, so it was, it's really fun and, and I've really enjoyed doing it. Just took me sort of a long way to get there. So in terms of like what we've done with our in-class projects, like I know we've done some um, like fictitious planning for sweepstakes, like for the Pacers, or we've submitted sponsorship proposals. What is your takeaway from your role, like in terms of the work that students are submitting? Sure. So I always preface it with, I will take all good ideas back to work with me because I know that 
you know, the student generation definitely has some creativity. You also have a little naivete, right? You've never, you haven't worked for a franchise for nearly 20 years like I have. And so you have those raw, fresh ideas that are looked at, you know, with rose colored glasses where, you know, I can see some, some pits and some falls before we even get to the end of an idea. And so I love that. Um, I think it's been really, really great because, you know, the first semester I had the class, you guys all worked in some small groups, right? And so I think you could see leaders rising and you could see some people who were more quiet and things like that. But I've actually really loved this semester and that we haven't really been forming groups because of social distancing. And so our in-class activities and our homework have been more individualized. And so I think everybody has gotten the opportunity to really rise to the top because maybe if you're not comfortable speaking in front of a classroom, but you had a really good idea in that group setting, you were stifled almost. And so I really appreciate the ideas that have come out of this semester even better, I think. Not that your semester wasn't as good, but I think it's because, you know, everybody's sort of A, hiding behind a mask, so if you're not comfortable speaking, you know, you sort of have something to hide behind. But at the same time, it sort of forced everybody to be an individual instead of maybe hide in a group setting. And so I really enjoyed that. I think the creativity is always really great. Um, and I love actually a student gave me an idea the other day for something. I took it back to the sales and the activity on that partnership account. And they're going to then pitch it to the client. And so truly these ideas that are coming out of class, I am really taking a good amount of them and I'm, I'm spreading them. Uh, the other day, like I said, not only that idea came out, but a really fun idea for a sweepstakes. I pitched it to our promotions department and I think we're gonna look at doing that, you know, once, once the MBA season starts again, or maybe for the WNBA. And I think what's also really fun too, is we can try some new things in this sort of COVID environment, right? We've been challenged by our executives that there's not really a lot of mistakes that we're gonna be making right now because we're all learning as we go. And so now's really the time to try some new things. And so some of these ideas that maybe a year ago, pre-COVID, I wouldn't have really entertained because maybe they would have been a little too um, silly or goofy or complicated or not complicated enough we can really try anything and everything now in the COVID environment because none of us really know what we're doing, right? And that's sort of the beauty of it. Everybody's coming in with sort of that fresh student look. So I truly appreciate a lot of the, a lot of the thought that is given to me so much. So, like I said, I'm spreading it through our company. And so it's, it's truly being this sort of team teacher is challenging people to almost do an internship for free for me. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been really um, gratifying for me too. I know like, as a student and the other people that I've interviewed for this, we've talked about like our favorite moments so far in the grad program. And a bunch of us have said the, whenever we did class at Banker's Life for that mm -hmm. last one, um, just because like, I think a lot of times we submit assignments and then you don't get to see like other people's work unless you're friends with them and you guys are just talking about it. Cause I know at that last class before we did like the panel discussion, you picked like four or five of them and you went around and talked about 
um, kind of like the pros and cons of each one. So that was interesting. Yeah, that's awesome feedback. In fact, I've actually done that more this semester because I did get that feedback from you guys that you really liked reviewing the assignments and sort of seeing what everybody's doing. Uh, Dr. Dyson also this semester is using Wiki for those, those submissions. So it's super cool. So everybody can see everybody's work now. And, you know, I think at first probably educators are worried about, well, will people just take the first 15 ideas that are there and just reword it, right? But I think we're all mature enough. And luckily this being a master's level class, I think everybody's, you know, wanting to really elevate their game. And, and so, that has been an awesome resource. So I really, I think that's really, really cool. But two, yes, we've been spending a lot more time in class and, and I'm not afraid to say why, why I think something wouldn't work because that's only going to help students learn how to craft their thinking a little bit, right? They're going to become more refined thinkers. If you can sort of like well, that's actually illegal or, well, that's actually, you know, a really expensive thought. And I don't think your, your, um, your revenue is going to, is going to really outweigh your expense there. And so it's sort of like sharing sort of maybe why something wouldn't work, but then I always try and flip it a little bit to maybe, but if you would do X instead of Y, it would probably work and so sort of help um, the students think through that just a little bit further um, and i've also noticed this semester that students once we sort of flip it on its side another student will raise their hand and be like or could you also do this and so it's been really really great um, so i've really appreciated other students sort of jumping in and trying to work through other students work as well so uh, building off of uh, your role as the co-instructor, I know some people, if they're listening, like they may not be familiar with that title, and we've talked about it in uh, other episodes. But so as a co-instructor, what role do you feel that you play within the classroom setting? Sure. So I think I bring a bit of real life and a bit of just tangibility to the class. Um you know, I am tr I'm truly doing what I'm teaching every day from nine to five, nine to 8 p.m., whatever my hours are for the day, depending on the day. So I'm truly doing it. So I'm I'm basically just reiterating my what my days are like and what my my weeks are like and what projects I'm working on. And it's it's truly bringing everything that maybe is in your book or that the professor is saying it's bringing it to life with some real life examples and I'm not using things that you know maybe happened five or ten years ago I'm literally telling you like what I'm doing right now you know I'm sharing my my calendar as an example of you know time management and I'm showing examples of recaps from partnerships that I'm literally presenting right now and I'm showing specs and deadlines for partners that a partner just used, you know, a few months ago. And so it truly is very timely. Um, and I also think maybe I am looked at as, okay, like I could do this, I could get there. So it's like a real tangible job that actually exists because 
I think in sports, a lot of people just see the the event unfold or the game unfold. And as a fan, you don't really realize what it takes behind the scenes, not just the day of, not just the week of, not just the month of, but the months and months in advance, you know, for sometimes years in advance that someone is, is spending on planning something out and the amount of detail that just unfolds. And so I hope that I bring the fact that the realistic part of, of this business of sport to the students as well. Yeah, I know when you were like at the beginning part of the semester, you were showing us like the presentation software that you guys use whenever you're doing pitches and stuff. And like you were showing us how the data you guys have, like you can see how long someone looked at a slide or interacted with a link. Like I was talking to my girlfriend after class and I was I was just in awe because I was like, I can't believe, I feel like most people when they come to class, like they don't want to dive too, sometimes they don't want to like dive too deep into stuff to show us how it's made. But you were just showing us and I was like, I feel like she's like maybe showing us too much of the secret sauce, but it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a level of trust, right? Um, I I trust that, you know, not everyone their cell phones and, and share, you know, some of the secret sauce, right? I think if you work in sports, you want to sort of protect the smoke and mirrors, right? And so it's something that, you know, we we may not talk about all that much, but I think that you guys deserve as students to know what the most current resources are, you know, what the technology is that we're really using. We're not using PowerPoint or Prezi. There's actually companies who create really cool animated decks for, for sports teams to use. There are multiple companies that exist to provide return on investment or ROI for um, not only people who buy sports sponsorships, but who are selling them like teams and like uh, those other companies. And there's so many resources for social media tracking and signage tracking, and there's television ratings and there's radio ratings. and we have to provide those return on investment numbers to our partners um, because if we don't, you know, they would they wouldn't know what they're getting in return other than yeah, my sign was up in Baker's Life. There was a lot of people cheering in the stands, but there's a lot of data we have to provide because buying in sports, we know it's it's not a necessary cost of, of doing business, right? It's a frivolous cost and it's part of the marketing mix, sure. But what we do is not, you know, life or death, but <laughs> but companies do have to spend money to provide maybe health insurance for their employees, but they don't necessarily have to spend money to buy a sports sponsorship, but it does keep their employees happy if they can go to a game because of tickets they bought, or it does make them look, you know, like a good community partner to have this community relations program with a team. But because we're not a necessity, we know we have to provide that return on investment and I need you guys as students to know the reality of it. Um, you have to know that there's resources out there like this that exist because if you walk in on your first day on the job somewhere, you're gonna be way more prepared, I hope, than somebody who didn't have a co-instructor who kind of revealed, like you said, that secret sauce to them. Yeah, I think like the biggest, when people ask like what the biggest difference is between undergrad and graduate school, I think it's just that the learning is more lateral instead of vertical. So whereas an undergrad, 
you're just a student and in graduate school you're looked at more as a professional and you're learning more laterally from side to side from the people that are in your class with you because they tend to have field experience but the professor is still giving us the content and it's integrated from like student to student um, and I think that the co-instructors help with that uh, they're kind of like that liaison between the professor and the like the classroom conversations. Absolutely. And I really appreciate like Dr. Dyson took my advice and and switched out some of the textbooks. You know, I I took a look at them and I was like, you know, maybe this one's a little bit, you know, dated or this one is this way. And so he did it. And so it was awesome. So we worked together to like make sure that we were offering you guys the best, you know, environment for learning. And at the same time, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, it's now student to student. You know, you guys are communicating in a very professional manner with each other, just like I have to communicate with my coworkers every single day. And, you know, I'm in meetings all day. I consider those group projects. Those are many 15 to 20 minute meetings, right? I mean, you're doing the exact same thing that I'm doing with my coworkers, trying to solve a very similar problem. So. I just, I hope that um, students understand that, you know, those 15 to 20 minute group sessions in class or brainstorming sessions, those aren't just tasks. That's actually a, us trying to develop your skill set and your thinking mindset and your ability to interact with others and your ability to bounce ideas back and forth off of each other and really take things to the next level. It's not just killing time in class, it's actually developing you as a, as a professional. So I am going to go ahead and combine these two last questions. So every, for the past three years at UND during the first semester, we've done like a woman in sports panel this year. It's a webinar. So I'm interested when I talk with a woman that hold high positions in their organizations of one knowing like if your position is usually a male dominated role like in other whether it's nba teams or just professional sports in general and then uh, building off that if it is and if it isn't what is your advice like to whether it's a graduate student or an undergraduate student who is a woman looking to get into the sports world but is maybe deterred by some of the things she's her because of it being male centric? I would say that my specific role in partnership activation is actually very female dominated, especially in the NBA. When I go to NBA league meetings or when I'm on NBA league calls, the Sarah Bairds of partnership activation for the teams in general, it's almost all female. Now, do I think that that's probably the same across a lot of professional sports? Yes. And there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, the activation side tends to be more event focused and there's like a lot of event planning. There's a lot of hospitality planning. And then there's also the very nitty gritty detail work of it. Now, I'm not saying that men can't plan events and that men aren't good at hospitality planning. And I'm not saying that men aren't good at the nitty gritty detail work. That's not at all what I'm saying. Generally speaking, though, from what I've found in the last 20 years is that that does just tend to be more of a female role. But I'll tell you, though, when I'm hiring, 
I have someone else go through the resumes and I have them fold down the top half part of the resume that says the name, the address, and I just look at experience. So if your experience aligns, I don't care who you are, where you came from, I'm gonna want you on my team because I want the best for my team. But generally speaking, yes, my role is more female centric. Now, that doesn't mean that, um, that we can't have males in our department. We have and we've had awesome success with it. On the sales side, conversely, it does tend to be more male. And so it is sort of this interesting male-female balance. Again, there is no right, wrong, and different way. We've had females who have been successful on the sales side as well. It just, that's sort of how the balance is right now, at least in our department. Um, and it's not, it's not intended to be that way um, at all, but that's just sort of how it is right now. I would say in professional sports for a woman working in professional sports, at this point in time, there is really nothing that is harder or easier based on gender. I think that where we are as professionals in professional sports, it is truly just an interesting time in general, no matter who you are. If you are right out of school and you're working in professional sports, if you're married, if you have kids, because we have exchanged so many roles, right? And just in, in life right now. And I think COVID has sort of caused us all to sort of step in and take new roles on that we didn't have. You know, my husband and I are both home every day with our daughter. And I think we're just all having to become great, great teammates at this point, right? So I think a couple of years ago, maybe I would have had a different answer if it would have been male or female dominated in all of our roles within our, but I think because of COVID, we've all started to see that, you know what, everybody can do everything because we all have to help each other at this point in time, because it is, it's a very new problem and it's a big challenge that we have. And so it's sort of the, the next man, the next woman up mentality. I do think that the next few years is going to be hard for anyone to break into sports in general. You know, we don't know what schedules are going to look like. And I think the only thing that they just encourage anyone who's looking to get into sports is to have the mindset to just leave your ego at the door. Be willing to do anything for anyone at any time. You know, I just was telling somebody earlier this morning that I pride myself that I can wear, you know, a dress and heels at a cocktail event and 30 minutes later, I can be schlepping cardboard boxes around the concourse because maybe our fan giveaway didn't show up on time and I'm having to, you know, do, I love that I can be both people, right? You have to be a chameleon. You have to be willing to still do the dirty work even after, and, and all of that and to me that just that's just how our Pacer Sports and Entertainment family is there is no one who's above the dirty work at Pacer Sports and Entertainment and that's how I know that we're doing it the right way well thank you for the feedback and answering the questions that's really all I had well, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking me. It's always really fun to 
get to share a little bit of professional knowledge, but also see a student that I haven't seen in a year. So it was fun.